Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Every, a leading supplier of gaming entertainment products and technology solutions for the casino and digital gaming industry. Hey, boss lady. What was it that made a difference for you in your career? I'm Christy Atwater. And I'm Andrea Gigline. And this is our podcast about women leaders, how they got there, and what they're doing to make a difference. You know, we talk a lot about this on Hey Boss Lady. Women have made great progress in the workforce in recent decades, but getting to the top rung, you know, that senior position, that little C-suite, that's still a challenge. That's right, Andrea. A lot of things are getting better. For example, in my workplace, we have two women board members. In addition, the company has a women's leadership initiative that I co-lead Uh, with another woman named... And I've gotten to present there. (laughs) Yes. And they also sponsor our podcast, which is amazing as well. Yeah, you know, those things, listing them, are so important. But the reality is that even though it's better than it used to be, women are still underrepresented in top leadership positions across the board. One woman who's made it to the senior levels of her profession is Kate Lowenhar Fisher, our guest today on Hey Boss Lady. Yes, she has a big title. Kate is Executive Vice President, Chief Legal Officer, General Counsel, and Secretary of Every. And we are super delighted to have her. We are. Hi, Thanks Kate. so much, Hi Kate. There. I'm delighted to be here. Every time I hear that title, I think I need an eight by ten business card. Wow. <laughs> or if I need to be taller. Yeah, no, you're you're <laughs> okay. definitely tall enough. And I'm just so pleased that we actually get to have a guest in the studio. Yeah, Yay. let's let's jump right in here because yep. I want to talk about how I met Kate. Mm-hmm. Because she was super gracious when she worked at a big law firm, and I'm sure her billable rate wasn't free. <laughs> she came to our company with no agenda. And presented to our women's leadership group and gave some guidelines on, you know, how she got successful. I remember that. The uh, GC at the time, you know, who knew me in our sort of common circles of Uh lawyers said, I think you should come to Every and present how to market yourself. Yes, to women. And oh, I so said, that was the topic. I said, okay. well, I don't know how to do that. Well, what are you doing every day? <laughs> I love it. And so uh, I came there, and then a few years later, I was asked to basically do the same thing. Yeah. It was wonderful. wonderful. Well, you know, so clearly giving advice to younger women yeah. or women or in older general. women. I think or I'm I was going to say. Her, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> or women in general, you know, um, especially when they're still aspiring or they're refining who they are and how to get to those next levels. Can you think of some of the advice? So that was on marketing. Can you think of some of the things that you generally tell aspiring legal professionals? Oh, absolutely. And I've got, let's just say that my advice when I'm speaking to young female attorneys is I try to be pretty candid. Okay. uh, Because sometimes there's a really unrealistic picture that mm-hmm. people paint about how this is going to work. And I said, I recall many of these conversations. I said, um, do you want to have children? I realize that's personal. This mm-hmm. is friend to friend. Can't ask that during uh, the job interview. interview. No interview question. But I say, if you want to have children, here's the deal. You have to think timing. Mm-hmm. There are certain points in your career where it would be very, very difficult mm-hmm. right, to continue what you're doing. Especially in private practice. Amen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And 
look around. How much help do you have? Right. Yeah. Bonus points for extended family that you right. get along with who live nearby. For yep. sure. Right? And almost most importantly, you have to be okay with slowing down and then speeding up again. Right. Okay? Great if you think advice. you're going to go full bore the whole right. time, right. you have to understand your trajectory might be a little slower, a little longer. That's okay. But plan ahead. It's not just going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I will tell you that in positive psychology, in, in Marty Seligman's uh, book, Authentic Happiness, there's actually one of the many pages that I dog-eared for all of the young women who are going into the legal profession because it is the one profession that has the worst mm -hmm. chance of you being happy. Mm-hmm. Achieving life's and it was because of the structure. I'm sure right. doctors are right behind it. It's the structure of getting into that door, not only the training, but then what happens in the first period. So I think that's what you're asking them to take a look at. Yes, from yes. a planning standpoint, and that's when I always share uh, my personal story, which I realize there are some things you cannot control yes, in yes. life. Tell us, tell us. But I said, <laughs> I became a partner at 32. Wow. And then had my first son at 33. Oh, Got my. it. And I did that on purpose. You betcha. Of course, I was fortunate that it worked out that way. Correct. But um, that was not an accident. So when I talk to young women that are saying, oh, I'll take a few years before law school. I'll take a few years after law school. I always say, think through it. Right. Because if you're going to a law firm... You need at least eight straight years of hunkered down. Yeah. Otherwise, you won't be staying at a law firm. Yeah. Chances are. And sometimes you don't see that when you're 22. Yeah. And, you know, Christy, you took something away. Yeah. I got great advice from you that I still use and remember. And it was do something that scares you. And I think you said once a week. I think I try and do it once a month. <laughs> because I don't know. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but there was other things too that you recommended. And I remember this because people actually, you had it printed out and mm -hmm. people actually put it on their wall. Yes. So maybe my question is to you, what scares you? Oh. What you are some things? of the things you do that yeah. are scary? Yeah. Do you still do that? Yes. 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 Well, to be honest... Even just sitting in, here I am in the C-suite mm -hmm. yes. of a company, the newest member, the youngest member, mm -hmm. and the only woman member. Yes. So it can sometimes, honestly, just take an act of courage sure. to speak up and disagree, yeah. particularly with yes. what is happening in the room. And the other day, without obviously going into details, I let's just say I answered a question Mm -hmm. and everybody laughed at my answer, that it oh. was so silly. And I felt a little hmm. Hmm, little insecure about it. Maybe yeah. I was really off the wall. And uh, it turned out I was right. Yeah. I was going to uh -huh. say, you were right, weren't you? <laughs> I've been was, there. <laughs> it was deeply satisfying, but yep. it, it wasn't really about being right. It right. was being able yeah. to choke down the reaction without backing off yeah. because it would have yes. been easy for me to say, oh, yeah, that was silly. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. But I didn't do that. Good. That's the scary part. So yeah. what did you do? So you said something, you saw their reaction. And I said, well, in my experience, this is what I think is going to happen. Perfect. Moving on. Perfect. Yeah. Be because like the no-nos, mm -hmm. the things, it's one thing to try and guide people to some of the advice of what to do. 
What are the things you tell them, uh-uh, don't do it? Mm. Ooh, that's sort of a broad question. What kind okay. of environment are we thinking of? Well, well, in, well, I know you've talked about saying sorry all the time. Oh, oh. gosh. Oh, that was on my list. Yeah, right? it was on your list. Stop apologizing before you say something. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I'm going to generalize. It is generally a female characteristic. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I, I have a you. question. I'm sorry I have a comment. You don't apologize for your existence. Yeah. yeah. And I always say excise that from your vocabulary. Uh, 100%. When you walk into a room, sit in the strongest position. Yes. Stop mm-hmm. waiting for everybody else to sit down first. Mm-hmm. Sit at the head of the table. Right. See what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what's the worst that could happen? They're yeah. going to ask you to move. Would That's you please right. move? <laughs> That's right. right. And, you know, there are subtler things that I always say don't do. One is housekeeping kinds of things. Oh. It is a very classic as well, mm-hmm. female inclination to be nurturing, you mm-hmm. know? I'm a Jewish mother. I want everybody to eat. I want everybody to feel comfortable. I want... Right, right. But in a work setting, don't say, hey, can I grab coffee? Don't do it. Because it sends these subtle messages of us not belonging in that room. Yeah, and that's definitely one of the differences between a corporate environment and as a consultant when I go into companies. Because I'm not in that position all the time. I do remember it as, you know, a young person and I worked, I mean, but it was also the Mm mid-70s and it was just the norm, period. Sure. But it is interesting for me to hear a young woman still needing to make a judgment as to, am am I actually being gracious or is this expected behavior because I'm the female in the room? Right. Same with taking notes. Those kinds of little things that you think you're being nice, but think about it first. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially if you are the only woman in the room. As you said, coming from a law firm environment, the percentages or ratios of women at the top, mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. equity partners in sure. management, sure. hasn't really budged in almost 30 years. Wow. So you, it's a lonely place, and yep. you still have to watch for all those subtle cues. So yep. what do you think are the best things for women to do to help them get ahead? Mm. Do you have ideas? Big questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do we always say? You, you have to find mentors. Oh. You, you have to. They might not even be in your field. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the great teacher, the great neighbor, the great friend of the family, the great family member. You have to find those people. And you have to seek advice. Mm-hmm. Don't think you know everything. Right. Sometimes it is almost the most smarty pants among us who don't actually seek a lot of advice because you have to be very vulnerable right. to sure. do it. Sure. Um, certainly find people that have impressed you in their careers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Could you have male mentors? Sure. But having a female mentor also goes a long way, particularly if, again, you have similar aspirations when it comes to being a parent or those kinds of things, women can relate in a different way. And, you know, what I'm appreciating by what you're saying, thinking back on so many of the guests that we've had that are maybe more my peers, Mm -hmm. um, there weren't a lot of women to look to as the mentors unless you really went outside the environment. And now you can really, the, the, the field is opening. The fact that you can say, you know, try and target. Are you willing to share who you chose in or outside the field as your mentors? Let's see. I think I really 
I took a lot of different things from different people, Okay, I would say. Um, because even as I was coming up, so I'm a kid born in the 70s, but, you know, coming up through more like the 90s mm-hmm. and early 2000s as a young lawyer, I would pick and choose from the people that really impressed me. Okay. And sometimes I think they didn't even know they were being my mentor right. at the time. <laughs> right. And I have this very distinct memory um, when Jan Jones, oh, yes. fellow mm-hmm. Stanford alumna, yes, um, when she was mayor of Las Vegas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was a kid in college, and mm-hmm. I was looking for a summer gig, mm-hmm. and I realized that, oh, there's an alumna who happens to be the mayor of Las Vegas. Right. right. And so I called the office to see if they had an intern program. They didn't. I asked if they wanted one. They said, sure. So then I became her intern. That's oh, wow. fabulous. And I remember walking into the first meeting that she had with the city council, and they were all men. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching how she took ownership of the room. Right. Really? She right. went right to the head of the table, sat right down, mm-hmm. and as soon as she took a deep breath, everybody else quieted down so she could talk. And I thought, ooh, that was good. That, yeah. <laughs> so I those love that. Little bits and pieces. And that just you take along for the way. our listeners, that that was she was the mayor in the late nineties. Yes, that, uh, yes. Of Las Vegas. That's great. That's great. And do you ladies remember uh, what her her title is today? She's head of communications for Caesars. Is that, well, are I they she was on their board or something. Government yeah. affairs. Well, she's she's, yeah. she's got a huge, yeah, she's got a really huge position mm-hmm. within the gaming industry. So she stepped out of politics and Absolutely. she has been, um, you know, a very visible female, yes. senior female. That's just an example of if you're paying attention yes. to the people around you. And it, it equally works with observing the things you don't want to do. True. Because I had also worked with some very, very talented, smart female lawyers mm-hmm. that I saw would get in the trap mm-hmm. of always being somebody's number two oh. and never being able to oh. extract themselves because they did great work. Mm-hmm. And of course, so, of course, Mr. Number One loved having her as Mr. Mm-hmm. Number Two. Mm-hmm. Right? Yet there was this great fear of breaking free of that. Sure. What's the old joke that if there's a job advertisement that has 10 qualification criteria yeah. and if a woman meets nine of them, she won't apply? Right. Yeah, right. that's no joke. Right. That's true. It's like, true. It's like 60%, right? I think. Right, right. Yeah. See, again, I'm not in a corporate environment. No, yeah. I don't do that. There does come a point in your career where you have done it, seen it, and seen the mistakes, made the mistakes, watched others be penalized for it that there is this benefit in late career Mm -hmm. positions where those things begin to fall away more naturally. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is really good to hear how that is still, because that is, again, one of the themes that so many of our guests have spoken about. Yeah. So, Kate, you've made it to a key role at Every, and that's just one facet of what you do. We want to hear about how you're giving back after we take a short break. You're listening to Hey Boss Lady. I'm Andrea Gigline. And I'm Christy Atwater. Our podcast is all about women leaders, how they got there, and what they're doing to make a difference. We'll talk with women like Tiffany R. Warren. 
Executive Vice President and Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer of Sony Music. She's been advocating for equity all of her life. Building these blocks to build sort of a firm foundation for DEI, you kind of have to set aside your ego. You have to come with humility. You have to be okay with failing or making a mistake or flubbing. I came in intentionally wanting to be a real model and not play some role, be a role model. Join us for her story on Hey Boss Lady. You can find us wherever you download your podcasts. And please share our podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Hey Boss Lady. I'm Andrea Gigline. And I'm Christy Atwater. And our guest today is Kate Lowenhar Fisher, Executive Vice President, Chief Legal Officer, General Counsel, and Secretary at Every. You know... One of the questions that we've asked when we started doing this podcast is, what difference does it make when women are in positions of leadership? And I will tell you that, yes, we're asking that question from the workforce, but we're also asking it because we've observed that women give back to their communities at a different level. And we know that you do that. Why don't you tell our audience what it is you do and the reason behind your passion to do it. Yes. Sure. I'd be happy to. Um, I have a son who is on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. So that anything related to, frankly, children, children with disabilities who become adults with disabilities, Mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things are near to my heart. I could go even further back in time. Mm -hmm. That when I became an attorney, before I ever became a mom, Mm -hmm. Um, I, my first year in practice, I volunteered for, uh, the Legal Aid Society of Southern Nevada and the Children's Attorney Project to represent children who are the victims of abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing that 20 years later. So child causes. Yeah. Very close to my heart. And so in recent years... What I do is I supervise or mentor actually a lot of those children's attorneys project cases now. Wow. I get That's assigned great. as a mentor to dozens of those. And um, I serve as on the board, currently as the chair of the board of the Grana Gift Autism Foundation. Oh, tell me what that does. I'm not familiar with it. Sure. It's an organization and our that our mission is to provide for individuals with autism throughout their whole lives right. mm-hmm. all the services that they could need from wow. diagnostic mm-hmm. to medical okay. to therapeutic to social groups to vocational wow. to housing. What we found is in Southern Nevada, this doesn't exist. Oh, well, that's what – is this, is yeah, this only say, local to Southern Nevada? Like what's is, – is that – just for Nevada, or is this national? Well, we'd love to become a center but of you are, excellence. But you are based here. This is Okay, are. thank you. We are based in Las Vegas. Uh, we are, I think it is the case that we are the only city our size that doesn't have anything like this. But we've heard that before in southern well, Nevada. Well, I, I want you to know that my husband's the president of the board of CASA, and it's the organization that actually had a bill passed back a long time mm-hmm. ago that said every this organization must exist and every child must right. have this and they don't fund it currently. 
The state uh, doesn't fund it. So I do empathize. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. crazy. Exactly. And what we realized is there's huge demand. Mm-hmm. Huge demand. You bet. Um, so not only is there all this unfulfilled demand, so much of the services that are actually out there are only focused on children. Well, then what? Right, right. Because right. they grow up to be adults. They need jobs. They need absolutely, socialization and all of that. Mm-hmm. And there's so much untapped talent and intellect and potential. Sure. And But we don't have these ways of transitioning a lot of young adults with autism into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so we really wanted that as well as have everything under one roof. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go from that office to that office to that Excellent. office. And perhaps the most important thing is we serve a huge Medicaid population. Hmm. Oh, great. Yes, a lot of providers yes. will, will not, not take do it. Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have like a, a, a story of someone who really struggled and then, you know, your nonprofit actually helped them? Do you have any stories that you can think mm. of? Sure. I mean, I think we have a lot of those stories, yeah. and um, we certainly share them uh, on our on our website and at our annual gala. But I can tell you that my own son participated in a social group, mm-hmm. and it was <laughs> I'll never forget this. It Aww. was a few months later, mm-hmm. and we were in the swimming pool, mm-hmm. and there were some neighborhood kids around, and. My son turned to one of them and said, hey, do you want to play? And I'd never heard that before. That's fabulous. That's where he learned it. That's right. It's the very subtle moments that make huge Mm -hmm. differences in kids' lives. And just helping people to build those connections, emotional connections. And things like we have an incredibly high unemployment rate. Mm-hmm. for people um, with autism. autism. Mm-hmm. And in our vocational programs, we actually get young people to jobs. Right. And then we support them during those jobs. Mm-hmm. The things that might come instinctively to us right. might not come instinctively to them. Yeah. Right. And so we continue to counsel. So then you've got people who keep jobs yeah. and right. ascend the ladder. I'm shocked by that because I've often, I, I guess I've heard like newscasts and so forth that um, actually um, people with autism are great employees because they're not distracted by social, mm-hmm. social sure. stuff. Impervious. And so, yes, yeah, <laughs> so they are very focused and, you know, very smart. Um, mm-hmm. I have a nephew who has autism and he, you know, when he gets into something, he is super focused. Sure. And, like near genius about it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's harnessing the talents. Harnessing. Or the there you go. Yeah. Talents. And you know, that, that really does work yeah. for all of us. What I appreciated about what you told about that story, I'm thinking about the work that I do and we, your ability to connect a moment in time, a learning in one period of where you are and then have it impact you. Mm-hmm. is so critical to you understanding that you are moving forward. Sure. And I just, I, I you know, he has, is it a, is your son? Yes. yes. He has you to do that observing, but boy, do I appreciate that you are observing it mm-hmm. because it is seeing those differences 
and how huge, how big. We don't pay enough attention in our careers or anywhere else to the small things and the impact that they have on us. I think that's very fair. Yeah. Uh, and it's to that point and Christie's point, it's also working on how the rest of us, of course, react right. to Absolutely. autistic brains. Right, you right. You know, you talk about an incredible level of talent, skill, being able to perhaps um, be impervious to sort of all the other distractions that mm -hmm. some of us are slowed down by mm -hmm. on a regular right. basis. Mm -hmm. But understanding in the office environment how that individual might behave in unexpected ways right. Right. or might misread a social cue or something along those lines. I don't want to stereotype. I know. Right. Every no, no. autistic yes, person is, is an individual. Right. But working on what we can expect right. I think is equally important for yeah. them to be successful in the workplace. Yeah, and I'm I'm very grateful that you're part of this organization because I imagine that your legal knowledge really helps and really helps, you know, these parents because it's hard to navigate to get help sometimes. A hundred percent. And I think navigation is almost one of the most important things we do. I should add, to be fair, I'm also on the board of an organization called Nevada PEP which serves uh, communities of people with any kind of disability. Oh, cool. It's a bit of a quieter nonprofit. It's right. mostly federal funding. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's why you don't hear as much about it. But one of the things that we do is focus on educating the parents of their rights. Mm. Uh, and so yes. their rights in the educational space, Correct. those kinds of things. Yes. yes. Because it is very hard to navigate and it's very intimidating right. potentially. Not everybody has a mom that's an English speaking lawyer. Yep. Right. Yep. Well, you know, I see so clearly how you've used your talent and education and experience to help the nonprofit. Can you think of ways how that experience what you do to give back and to support your own child is helping you be a better leader or do the work you do with every or any other legal position? Yeah, it's, um, I've been asked all along the way, how do you find the time? And I always say that if it's important to you, you'll find the time. Exactly. I, mean, um, I guess for me, it might even sound hackneyed, but it really balances out my life mm -hmm. um, to be able to have that passion project right right that thing that is helping to make the community better to not be so focused on yourself yeah. right all right. the time and to you know amen <laughs> and, and to extend I don't know a little thanks to the universe for all the things I got lucky yeah with <laughs> but you know I Christy this is such the point of why we do this show it is. Mm -hmm. it is the thing that when I think back on all the stories of leadership that I was trained to and uh, through all my education you were always focusing what did the person do within the within the job mm -hmm. to go step the ladders and do all these things and what I keep taking away from these conversations with our guest is there are other parts of their lives that are enriching their ability to succeed in ways that we had never touched before. Mm -hmm. But the more women 
are in the workplace, the more that is actually happening. I agree. And Kate, so I'm going to ask you kind of my signature question. And it is, what gives you hope for the future? Oh, what gives me hope for the future? Well, I still see a lot of progress being made. You know, what? when I hear sort of the indignant outrage among, let's say, people younger than I, and I'm 44, mm-hmm. let's say those under 30, right? Uh, claiming that we have made no progress, mm-hmm. apparently, in the last, uh, <laughs> you know, 20, 40, 60 years, uh, um, it makes me crazy because, of course, we have. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, we have some representation now. Yes. yes. We do. We yes. need more. Yes. But we have some. Yes. There are people to look up to, people to get advice from, people to learn from, mm-hmm. and we're getting there. Yeah. And um, increasingly acceptance of yeah. the fact that right. we're getting there. So every day to me is is hopeful. I don't yeah. I don't think there's ever an end point exactly. But the the increasing feeling of equity? Yes. Egalitarianism? Yeah. Democratic principles, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's getting better every day. I've seen it even in the arc of my own career. Yeah, and the way I I think that I would say it, what I'm experiencing, um, particularly when you think of just the contrast of how young you are and yet there is already another generation pushing us up against a new set of walls, is that we had hope, they are expecting it. Right. It's like, screw the hope stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to what do we expect now that we have gone through this period? Well, I love that. And that's, I think, a great way to close. Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Kate Lowenhar Fisher is Executive Vice President, Chief Legal Officer, General Counsel, and Secretary of Every, one of our sponsors at Hey Boss Lady, and also a friend of mine. I'm Christy Atwater. And I'm Andrea Gigline. You're listening to Hey Boss Lady, and please, if you like what you're hearing, please share us and tell your friends.